We've been starting this series on Man Hezekiah, and every time you read this, there is something else that probably sticks out at you. And I've even encouraged some people to, to read on ahead to see this remarkable king of Judah and how God had used him in a great way. And as I mentioned a few weeks ago when we started on this, I don't know that I've ever had anyone teach me the details of this man's life. In my devotions, I was in here, say, a year ago, and as I'm going through this, I'm thinking, we've got to study this man. Just those words, as we looked last week, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, so he tears down the, uh, the idols and, and the things that his own father had set up to uh, commit idolatry with the uh, children of Israel, and he broke the, the key piece that was, that was seen, and that was the brazen serpent. And we looked at that last week and the, and the symbolisms that were there. And he took that which he called, it's a, it's a piece of brass. And yet people were falling down and worshiping this. So those, those were, were all done. And, and today we're going to look at, at verse 5 and we're going to see how he trusted in the Lord God of Israel. And we're, we're going to talk about trust today. And with this phrase, he trusted in the Lord, there is now something said by God, and that is, so that. He says, he, he trusted in the Lord God of Israel, so that. Now, he's going to describe to you and I the importance in God's sight about trust. It says that God is saying that after him was none like him among all the kings of Judah. So we're talking about every king that has been. Of course, we've seen the comparison of him and David. But besides that, there is no... And, and I was reading ahead, and it's like Josiah is coming a couple kings later. And this guy was an awesome king. And yet, when God is viewing this man, he says, no. There is something that sticks out with Hezekiah as such a great king that when I do this comparison and what was actually done, Hezekiah reigns. Now that to be said, all of a sudden you, you kind of get your, it gets your attention, doesn't it? You're thinking if, if that's what God is saying about this man, maybe I ought to learn about these characteristics. And as it goes through, and I know we've read this a few weeks now and, and we'll move on from this portion today, but in this trust, it says that he clave to the Lord. He departs from following, uh, he departed not from following him. He kept his commandments, and there's this whole list of things that he did to trust God. By the way, as I see this portion of scripture, this is an overview of Hezekiah's life. This is not talking about just the beginning of his reign or year 14. We're talking about the whole picture. And is Hezekiah perfect? No. I mean, there are some things that we'll see a little later on in his life that, yeah, he wasn't perfect. But when God looked at this man, he said, look at him. You know, we see examples all around us and, and there's a lot of people that we would look at as examples and to say, I'd like to follow this person. I think this guy's doing it the right, the right way. I want to follow him. And uh, we, we need to see the pattern. 
when I was uh, one of the last factories I worked at, we, we made axe handles. And uh, my job was the, the kind of the quality, taking a, taking a board, literally, and I would cut it down, and I'm cutting out all the cracks, and if the grain was wrong, it had to be cut out. I'm looking for knots. I'm looking, it has to be a, a piece of wood that whatever length this handle was to be, and it had to be just right, had to be straight. It had to be the right wood, all these things, and you have to do it real, real quick. But then from there, we go through the, you know, the planer and a lot of different processes. But it was always fun for me to go over to the guy that took this piece of wood that I cut, and he put it inside this thing that began to turn it and cut it down. Well, in behind that was the pattern that was made of metal. And this would be the example, and it would follow that pattern and, and, and likewise, that those cutters would go through and cut that hickory right down and make it perfect. And that's what we're saying here today, is that there is patterns, good godly men, that we can learn from as a pattern. And that's exactly why I want to take my time with this man. Can't wait to get ahead here. And I'm, I'm trying to... Uh, hold, you know, some of the things I want to talk about in a couple weeks here, some prophetic things that he's talking about. It's just powerful to see all that is in this man's life. But today, the, the zeroing in on is that not only did he do that which is right in the sight of the Lord, it was in God's sight there was none like Hezekiah. He's the man. He trusted. He clave to the Lord. He followed the very words of God, the commandments of God. He, he uh, also prospered in everything that he did. He rebels against the enemy, the king of Assyria at that time period, which would be most likely the one that his dad did just the opposite. Look, look back at a chapter, uh, to chapter 16 and verse 7. We talked about his dad, but um, 16 and verse 7. Here uh, his dad is looking at him and, and the king of Assyria and, and he has sent messengers uh, to that really long name right there, king of Assyria, saying, see that's why I have other guys read it up here, that way I don't, you know, saying I am the servant of thy son, come up and save, listen to what he says, he's talking to a, the king of Assyria and says, save me out of the hand of the king of Syria and out of the hand of the king of Israel, which rise up against me. And Ahaz buys them off and ends up, says, Ahaz took the silver and gold that was found in the house of the Lord and the treasure of the king's house and sent to the present to, for a present to the king of Assyria. I mean, that's pretty low. Where is his trust? His trust was in man. Trust was in an unsaved human being that has no power. And instead of turning to the Lord God, do you think maybe because he knew, he didn't believe and knew he couldn't even go to God, he went to man where, where his son does just the opposite. Instead, it uses the word rebelled. Now we usually use the word rebelled as a negative. In other words, it was the kid rebelled or this person rebelled. And usually it's, it's a negative. Here, he's doing the right thing. And that's what God is saying. He's doing that which is right in the sight of the Lord, and he's going against the enemy. Not only does he go against him and rebel, but he even smites the Philistines, even unto Gaza. So he's engaging in battles. These are the things that overview the very life of this great king. And of that principle that he claved to the Lord. 
It means to, to stay with. It means to stick close. First John uses the phrase, abide with me and I will be with you. This matter of trust has to do with something that is not just the here and now, but is looking towards the future of something that God must step in to achieve. Oftentimes when we use the word trust, we think of faith. And no doubt you can use those words together. But today is the word trust. Trust means this, to have confidence in. It, you, it, the word bold comes into the word trust. There's a boldness versus being ashamed. It means to feel safe. It's as though God, being right there with you and I, as He was with Hezekiah, that He was not afraid, He was not ashamed, He had a boldness to do what He was doing and rebelling against the king. All of these things of breaking down the idols because His confidence and His trust was in the Lord Himself. <clears throat> and by the way, there's other portions of Scripture, I don't have time right now to get into it, but there's other evidence that the, the Israelites themselves were rebelling against Hezekiah and the choices that he was making. Wouldn't destroy the idols. It's like this guy's a loner. Doing that, which is sight, right in the sight of the Lord. So he does. He does that very thing. It tells us that he trusted in the Lord God of Israel. And God doesn't throw words in there just to throw words in there. The word Lord here, it is all capitalized. And he's talking about Jehovah. The self-existing one. The one that is all-powerful. He is putting his trust in the Lord. The word God here refers back to, in the beginning, God created. The word Elohim here is the word that is plural for God. Most of us who have studied this word believe it is pointing to the Trinity. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So now God, who created all things and made all things, He is trusting in Him because He is the God of Israel. Israel means God prevails. So here He is in a very dark time of His life. Daddy was a loser. His son is going to be a loser. Now follow me. There is one generation that Hezekiah had to zero in on. He could do nothing about the past. He can hopefully influence for the future. But all that he has is his generation. And folks, this is something that's been on my heart a lot lately. It's because sometimes when you see what's going on in missions, we see what's going on in our country, we see what's going on in churches around the world, it can get pretty, pretty, pretty dark. And you know what? I can't change that. But what I can do is affect the people that I'm around in my generation. And I think that's what Hezekiah came to a place where he said, you know what? I have to change me to affect this kingdom. And I have to do my part. And I have to be an example to them. Now follow me. That, by the way, is his reputation. 
Because as we start looking in this, in this study, the king of Assyria, when he starts giving this mocking letter to, uh, to him, uh, you'll see uh, how he knew the very reputation of Hezekiah was to trust in the Lord. Can that be said of you and I? That we're not trusting in a person. We're not, and we're going to see some psalms a little later on. We're not trusting in these things. But when you look at the life, is that I'm trusting God. That's one of the things uh, Alex Boma says a lot. Love that. He's one of our pastors that we support in Ghana. How you doing? Trusting in the Lord. Trusting the Lord every day. Every moment of every day. Some of you have been around him. And uh, my wife and I, matter of fact, uh, he just loves my wife, Lori. Matter of fact, he doesn't email me. He, he emails her, you know. And uh, yeah, she, she spoiled him a few times. And uh, when, when we take him out to eat, we'll say, uh, so what do you want to eat? They'll say, you order. What are you hungry for? You order. He will not order what he wants. So, I mean, I can't make him. I try to say, listen, I don't know what you're hungry for. Order what you want. We're buying. It's okay. You order for me. He will not do it. And after a while, it was driving me nuts. <laughs> because you're thinking, okay, is he like onions or not? Does he like mustard or not? You know, what does he like to eat? And uh, so one day I was with him one-on-one. I said, why do you do this? He says, I see a biblical principle, and it is this. That I believe God provides all of my needs. So here I am in the States. And he goes, I believe God is using you to provide for me. So why should I ask? You'll give me what's good. I messed up really, really bad. Because I'm thinking, okay, this guy's really hungry. So, so we took him over Red Lobster <clears throat> and got him lobster. And uh, got a huge plate. And uh, kind of broke my heart because what happened then is is this poor guy who's gone from church to church and meal to meal and everything. And it was a big meal I ordered him. And he ate the whole thing. And literally licking the plate. You say, okay, what's the deal? I know he was probably so full that he was getting sick. Um, what, what, where he leads me, I will follow. What he feeds me, I will swallow. Okay. Where he leads me, I will follow. What he feeds me, I will swallow. That is his motto in life. And guess what? He ate everything. And I learned right there, we back off on what we order in portions. Because whatever is given to him, he will eat the whole thing. You know why? He's trusting God is providing for him through you. Through me. Through the churches where he is at. Give us this day our daily bread. He trusted God for everything. Do we have that kind of confidence that God is going to provide every day what is needed? Trusting God. It is something that here in the States we don't have to do a lot of. We sit and we say, which, which restaurant are we going to go to today? Or, you know, how much of this do I want? And it's, it's such abundance. And it's hard for us to understand 
sometimes the daily things that we have to trust God for because we don't have to, but in other countries, they do. Uh, my wife and I were in Haiti uh, many years ago. And as we were there, one of the pastors that, matter of fact, we supported him for a while before he died. His name was Pastor Joseph. Repeated, Joseph, Joseph. I, don't, I still don't know why they called him Joseph, Joseph, but they did. So while we were there, I was out in another area. I think I was over uh, uh, in, in the north part of the island that time and with uh, Jaxine Orlis. And she was there on the compound and some pastors would stop by and, and uh, she had just, you know, was talking to Pastor Joseph and she, she looked at him and she could tell he was down. And she said, Pastor Joseph, she grabbed my hand, what, what's wrong? He says, I'm tired and I'm hungry. And this is a pastor. And uh, I never forgot that because, because here he is walking everywhere. Didn't have money for transportation and he's walking, taking care of churches all over the place. And this is a real man of God. And he's just trusting God for that day. Because we fat preacher American preachers, and we are that, I'm one, I can say this. We have it all. And these guys are trying to take care of two, three, four churches all at one time. They are the bishop, the minister over top of these places. And they don't have any money. And he's trying to get money to give to his people or the orphans to take care of them. And these guys are trusting God in the heat of the battle. And they're fatigued and they're tired. And you know what I mean? It's, it's something to work hard all day and you're tired. But you've got the mental strain of it all. The mind, it's just wearing down and you become weak. It is times that we are weak and we don't know the answer. We don't have an, a, a way out. There's nothing up our sleeve. And all of a sudden God says, now you're ready. You know what you're ready for? To trust Him. And that's where Hezekiah it is pointed out, not only did he did that which was right, but he trusted in God and everybody knew that was how he walked through life. You say, how did he, why did he have to do that? He's the king. He has it all. All these people underneath him. He could say, army, go do this, go do that. No, he had an enemy that wanted to take them out. Genocide. They wanted to destroy. This king of Israel was involved with that. Now we get into some of the meat. Now we're going to see this more detailed later on. But in chapter 18, the story is that this is now in verse 13, the 14th year of Hezekiah. So we saw earlier in the, uh, uh, that he comes into his reign, um, and he reigns total of 25 years, but here he is in the 14th year of that, and, and it says, did Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, come up against all the fenced cities of Judah... That's where he is king of. And he took them. Now, these are huge armies. And everything is so different. You know, in, in, in our battles, okay, you know, we see on TV, oh yeah, we had some fighter jets go over and drop some bombs. We have some troops here and there. And, you know, they, they, they do some things. We're talking about, folks, a dynasty. We're talking about so many people you can't number them. They're coming in and at will 
breaking down the, the barriers around Judah. And people are dying, and people are panicking, and people are being taken against their will. You know what happens in war. And these are unregenerated men that are abusing the men, abusing the women, abusing everybody. They do whatever they want. By the way, not getting too detailed, but the Assyrians were known for being brutal. They would take the enemy and they would fillet them. They'd rip the skin off and put them out in the sun to watch them slowly die. These guys were known for being so brutal. Matter of fact, even some of Sennacherib's writings, you can actually find out what he said during this time period, etched in stone. He talks about Hezekiah. He talks about this whole reign and this whole time period. The, the history behind them is brutal. And so we read, oh, he took the fence cities and destroyed Judah. Oh, so what? No, this is, this is horrible, folks. And here Hezekiah is in the middle, and knowing his people are dying, knowing the enemy is coming in. So one thing he does is he, he puts out some money for him. Saying, listen, leave us alone. You want some money? I'll give you some money. Now, some see that as a compromise. I think personally, because of what God has said about Hezekiah, that Hezekiah was a peacemaker. I believe he was trying to keep from happening to go into battle because he was trusting in God so much that God says, I'm going to step in, we're going to see it later on, that I'm going to send the angel of the Lord to come in and actually protect and to kill the Assyrians to get them out of town. He gave them $1.5 million. You say, that's a lot of money. To those people, it was, that's nothing. That's pocket change. But he's, he's ripping down gold, trying to do anything. You know what King Assyria does? He sends a couple messengers. You know, he gets all his money and kind of throws that in a corner. It's like, what's that to me? And he sends in verse number 19, Rapshka said unto them, Speak you now to Hezekiah, thus saith the great king. In other words, you're the king of Judah and you're nothing. The king of Assyria, now he's the great king. The king of Assyria, what confidence is this here it is, wherein thou trusteth. So all of a sudden, this letter, and by the way, this is a letter of mocking Israel, mocking God, mocking the king, everything that's going on. It's like, who, who, who do you have confidence in? Where's your boldness? Thou sayest, verse 20, but they are vain words. I have counsel and strength for war, for the war. Now, on whom, now notice that he's zeroing in, whom dost thou trust that thou rebellest against me? Even though the king, Hezekiah, had given him a pledge, he says, I still know your heart, Hezekiah. Your heart is not trusting in me that I'm going to deliver you and take care of you. You're rebelling against me. Now, behold, thou trustest upon the staff of this bruised reed, even upon Egypt. By the way, he didn't. This is an accusation. 
So now the king of Syria is saying to the king of Judah, whose name is Hezekiah, you, you're, you're looking south. You want the Egyptians to come up and to fight your battles for you. So, so you're trusting in this thing that is a, a bruised reed. It's a reed, and you lean on it, and all of a sudden it's just going to snap. What he's saying is, you're trusting in something that I will break like a twig. There is no strength in Egypt. I am over Egypt. I am over all of Palestine. I am over all of the known regions. This is an absolute dynasty. And then it goes on and says, and we're, we're going to fast forward a little bit. But if you say, here's the key. But if you say, it's like, you, you know, people talk. This is what you're saying you're going to do. And again, it's a mocking way. We trust in the Lord our God. <laughs> is not that he whose high places and whose altars Hezekiah has taken away and has said to Judah and Jerusalem, you shall worship before this altar in Jerusalem? Now, the news of him breaking down all of the idols in Jerusalem is known around the world. Now listen, the news of, of breaking down the idols has gone to the very king of all of Assyria. Is that not amazing? That would be like our president finding out what's going on at Northside Baptist. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what did that matter to him? He's over all the world anyways. And he's just coming in and beating up on Judah now. And, uh, and now all this, this news about what they are doing is just like, okay, so this is what you've done, Hezekiah. And by the way, he's trying to take down the confidence of all the people around him in the nation. So what you've done, basically, Hezekiah, is you've gone to the people and to their gods, and you've broken them all down, and you are telling them now there's only one altar to worship. And that's in Jerusalem. So what you're telling me is one God is better than many gods? You broke down all the other gods who they were trusting in, and now you're saying, nope, there's only one? Well, that's pretty dumb. Why would you do that? The strength of numbers. You see, God is one. There is one God. He has created all things. And he is enough. Hezekiah is now saying to Israel, dump these other gods, they are nothing. You've created them. They have ears, but they don't hear you. They have mouths, but they don't speak to you. And those who create them are like unto them, he says. So why don't we go to the one true God who is creator of all substance, all things. Created it from nothing. And he says, you're doing this. So this is a mock against worship, against God. Verse 24, How then wilt thou turn away the face of one captain, the least of my master's servants, and, and put thy trust on Egypt for chariots and for horsemen? And, and I now come up without the Lord. It, by the way, this, I want you to get this verse. This is like really, 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 really important. I now come up without the Lord against this place to destroy it. So he is saying, I am no, not a believer in your God, and I'm coming to beat up on that whole place and your God. But notice what he says. The Lord said to me. Isn't that interesting? 
Now look what he says. The Lord said unto me, go up against this land and destroy it. He is saying to Hezekiah, God told me to do this. God told me to come and to destroy you. Did you ever, did you ever hear people blame God for, for things that God had nothing to do with it? Be careful of that. This is what we're learning here is the mindset of the world and their ideas of trying to incorporate our God with the philosophies of the world. And we are now trying to uproot the very belief that is all around. The world loves multiple gods, but there will be no other gods before him. Any other is an idol. So, so I, I, I'm going to save a little time here now. So this, this word goes back. And now Hezekiah, or excuse me, the king of Assyria, uh, Sennacherib has to get this message to the people. And so now the message is going to everybody. Verse 29, Thus saith the king, Let not Hezekiah deceive you, for he shall not be able to deliver you out of his hand. I'm going to come in and I'm going to kill you. I'm going to destroy your lives. And if you believe Hezekiah, I, I will kill you. I'm, there's no way he's going to be able to deliver you. He's a deceiver. Then verse 30, Neither let him, let Hezekiah, look at this, make you trust in the Lord. Trust is again right here in our text. Saying, The Lord, Jehovah, will surely deliver us, and this city shall not be delivered into the hand of the king of Assyria. He says, hearken not to Hezekiah. The world is telling you and I constantly, don't trust God. There was a famous preacher and he went to a stand. And the guy had watermelon. And he had a dollar in his pocket thinking I could pick up a watermelon for a dollar. And uh, so he went and, and, and he said, how much are the watermelons? The guy said, a dollar ten. And he is, I don't have a dollar on me. And... Uh, he said, oh, go ahead and take it. You're good for it. So he puts his dollar back in and goes over and cuts up the watermelon and starts to eat it. And the guy said, what are you doing? Well, he said, well, you trusted me, you know, for the money. He said, I'll come back and I'll pay you for it. He goes, no, 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 you give me the dollar. I'll trust you for 10 cents. But I'm not going to trust you for the whole amount. Isn't that what we kind of do? We'll, we'll trust God for so much. Hezekiah is trusting for the whole amount. Folks, God is good for this. He will repay. And if you don't know this story, which probably a lot of you not read through the book of, Hez you know, the, the story about Hezekiah. I almost said the book of Hezekiah. <laughs> it's not in there. It's not a book of Hezekiah. Learn about him. You're going to see how God does deliver them. And it was all because trust. This is the found foundation for it all. Now, trust. So, he did trust in the Lord. Now, let me talk to us about trust. Several points. Number one, when it comes to trust, we have to come to a place where we trust God's Word. We have to trust what He says. Trust has to do with the future, that which we cannot see. If it was something that we didn't have to hope for, it was already there, we wouldn't have to trust. 
It's something that we haven't seen. It's the hope. It has to do with the future. And God teaches us things in His Word that we have to trust Him in. We have to, have to trust our God for the very protection that comes our way. Now let's go to the Psalms here. And let's read a couple of these. We love the book of Psalms, do we not? And I know it's getting warm. I'm about ready to take my winter jacket off here myself. So I'm going to try to be quick about these points. The first one is that we have to trust what God says. Look at Psalm 18 and verse 1 and 2. By the way, Dylan doesn't remember this, but this was the very first verse I ever had her memorize at the house. It was Psalm 18 and verse number 1. It says, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. And I remember, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. You know? <laughs> Little Sadie just talks just like her, you know. Enunciates the same way. So this is the verse we memorize. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. Then in verse 2, the Lord is my rock. By the way, to uh, the Vaughns, thank you for singing that song today. Because I knew where I was going in the message, and sometimes this music goes along with it. Guess what? The Lord is my rock. He is my fortress. He's the one I go into. He is my deliverer. When the enemy wants to come and destroy me, he's the one that takes me from them. He is the deliverer, my God. He is my strength. Now notice, in whom I will trust. That's what we want to see. We have to put an absolute confidence, a boldness, feel safe in the very presence of God. So this is what he tells us. He will protect he will take care of us. Look over at Psalm chapter 20 and verse 7. Psalm 20 and verse 7. Some trust in chariots. Some in horses. And we will remember the name of the Lord Jehovah our God. The same verbiage. So God is saying, we have to come to the self-existing one to absolutely trust in him, and we don't trust in what man can build. He is our ultimate protector. There will be a day in the life of Israel during the tribulation time period, and we're going to see this in, down the road, that God is going to take and ultimately, powerfully, miraculously protect his people because they have trusted in him. Also, we need to learn... To trust God for our provisions. Look at Psalm 37 with me. Now we're going to start in verse 23 and read down to verse 25. Many of you know verse 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Think of Hezekiah. And he delighteth in his way. He loved and kept the word of God. Though he fall, that is the enemy comes in, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. It is God's surrounding arms and hands about us that protect, protects us. And then verse 25, I have been young and now am old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Folks, God provides. And I'm not saying that we're going to have a huge T-bone, porterhouse, or whatever steak you happen to like. 
But I do know one thing. God is to give us this day the daily bread and the provisions. He also is someone that we need to trust in in the time of fear. Look at Psalm 56 and verse 3. Uh, by the way, this is not exhaustive. I had just an absolute time. My wife last night, she goes, Carl, you need to come to bed. And I'm like, I'm having some times down here. And I said, uh, so I don't know how long it was. It was pretty late. I'm going through some of these psalms and absolutely loving it. And I just typed in trust. And how many times the word trust is throughout the psalms and proverbs. And these are just a few that I wanted to share with you. In times of fear, look at Psalm 56 and verse um, number three. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Some of you are going through fears, uncertainties, don't know the future. This message today is for you to stop and have confidence in God. That's what God is waiting for. He just wants you as an individual to say, I can't. So I am going to totally trust you, Lord, and then allow the fears to go out of your life because of your confidence in God. And by the way, the world would look at this and say, you are absolutely foolish. But folks, every day of this church's existence is because of a trust in God. Do you realize we didn't pay for one of you to come to this church today? This is not your job. You chose to get up this morning, early on a Sunday morning, get ready and come here to church. And if you're not here, this place doesn't exist. This place exists because people out of the goodness of their heart, the Lord allows them to, to work and to give to, for this ministry. You don't have to. This thing could go belly up in about a month. But you know what happens? We're trusting the Lord as an assembly that God's going to provide and to take care of this place and to take care of, as you know my prayer, broken record, is for the, for the needs of the missionaries around the world for the giving of this particular church. And it's a powerful thing to just trust God and not be afraid, but what if, but, but what if? We can't go through life as Christians, what ifs? We have to take this day and say, I believe God is going to do, and the fears go away. We don't even think about it. We don't have to worry about it. He takes those things away. We trust Him for direction. You know this one. You can quote it with me. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of our heart and not to lean on our own understandings. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct the path. The direction comes as a result of trust. Totally confident. In God and what He is doing. Folks, I'm going to tell you right now, this preacher, the deacons that are here, the trustees that are here, you might look at us and have total confidence in us, but I'm here to tell you our confidence is in the Lord. That there is a direction that is happening. It is so cool. i got to wind down. So, so what's going on with this, you know, we, we were thinking about these numbers, going to be a chunk of change, you get this septic system in and everything, and Bob comes into the business meeting all smiling really big, and he, he can't wait to get to the good part and to show, and all of a sudden, this is the way the Lord is able to use these trustees 
to be able to do something that's going to benefit this church because God gives wisdom to them because you all have been praying for them. And it's a total trust in God, everything in our lives. So, that, so right now you're saying, I have to trust God for a job because I'm out. That's how we're praying. All of a sudden, you get in contact with this person or this person knows you and says, hey, I've worked with this guy before. We need, we need, he, he's out of work right now. We need to get him a job. And all of a sudden, bang, there it is. Next thing you know, Monday morning, you're punching in and going to work. And it's God working and interacting and using people. But you have to stop and say, I can't make this happen. I have to trust him. Guys, we're really, really good at making it happen. Enforcing things. Get your hands off and allow God to open or close the doors. And He will. Uh, facing the giants. You seen that movie? Tremendous. My wife and I, every night, we just said, we haven't watched this for a long, long time. And that whole, whole video, Christian video, is about trusting God. And how God provided for this man a vehicle and a, and a child and, and just victories. And God's, God's wanting to pitch in and work and, and do this for us if we would just let him. Hezekiah is just letting God. He can't beat the king of Assyria, but he trusts God can. We have to trust him. Believe in him. Have confidence and boldness in him. There is something that a lot of years ago that happened to me, I'll never forget it. There was this kid, I was working at a, a, a store is in security, and this was like the beginning of our going to Bible college and stuff, and, and I was witnessing to this one kid, and, uh, and as I was witnessing to him, uh, we got through the whole plan of salvation, talked to him about his need in Christ, you're a sinner, yep, I'm a sinner, do you believe Jesus died and rose again, yep, I believe, I've heard all about that, but I've never believed and put my trust in him for salvation, and so I walked through the whole thing of the gospel, and right before this young man is about to invite Jesus Christ into, him, into his heart, this is what he asked me, and I'll never forget this, he says, is this a joke? He, you know, how kids can be. They'll do something real serious and say, ha ha, joke's on you. And I looked at this young man. I said, my friend, this is not a joke. If you put your trust in him, he will save you. And he will give you eternal life. This is not any joking matter. This is eternity. And he invited Christ into his heart. Went to church. Remember, he was going to Milroy CMA Church, last I had heard. And uh, praise the Lord for that. Folks, there's a lot of things that people will say, trust me in. Trust me. But I'm here to say, your confidence and trust is not in man. Your trust is in God. And if you, by faith, trust the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, He will save you. And He will give you eternal life. And this is the promise that God has for you. Father, use your word this day to penetrate our hearts, to teach us to trust as Hezekiah did. I do not know who this may have helped, but I pray many. Lord, teach us to trust you. I pray, Lord, for the one or many here that have never trusted you as their personal Savior, 
that during this invitation, they will give your, their life to you and they will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.